Amen. That was good. Y'all were singing out good today. Thank you, Ernest, for playing for us this morning. Thank you, Mr. Sidney, for that good children's church. That was a good word. I needed to hear that. I appreciate that that good children's church you did for us. I, I saw that rake that he had, and it reminded me of, of, of something that, that uh, Brother uh, Kenny Greenway told us a couple years back at a revival. He says a lot of times we... We hear God's Word, and we want to shovel God's Word. We want to shovel it on to the next person. That's what they need, they need to hear. But what he told us is he said we need to rake through God's Word. We need to rake through it and, and get the good out of it and see what we need to hear. And, and seeing that rake uh, reminded me of that today. You know, preachers say, I just said Brother Kenny Greenway said that, a lot of times what we do is we say, you know, Brother so-and-so always see it. And, and then the next time we tell a story, we say, I've always heard. And then the third time we tell it, I've always said. So we take credit. <laughs> pretty quick so it won't be a couple years from now y'all will hear me say I always said we don't not shovel stuff anyway that's uh that's that's just kind of what we do as preachers but we are continuing on this morning in uh first corinthians chapter 10 if you want to flip there first corinthians chapter 10 verse 23 going to wrap up chapter 10 this morning. The title of this message is For the Good of Others. Now, uh, in the context of what Paul is talking about here, he's really talking about some things that he has already talked about in, in the chapters before that we have already looked at. Uh, but, but we're going to kind of uh, take the verses at the beginning of this passage and the verses at the end of this passage and kind of get the idea uh, of what Paul is talking about. So, we'll read through the text and then we will jump in. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, starting with verse 23. Everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. No one should seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Eat everything that is sold in the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's, and all that is in it. If one of the unbelievers invites you over and you want to go, eat everything that is set before you without raising questions of conscience. But if someone says to you, this food, this is food offered to an idol, do not eat it. Out of consideration for the one who told you and for conscience sake. I do not mean your own conscience, but the other person's. For why is my freedom judged by another person's conscience? If I partake with thanks, why am I slandered because of something I give thanks for? Therefore, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for God's glory. Give no offense to the Jews or the Greeks or the church of God. Just as I also try to please all people in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many so that they may be saved. Let's pray. God, I thank you for these words today, and I pray that you help us to get it. I pray that you help us to see what's, what's being discussed here. I pray that you help it to touch our hearts, dear Lord. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us. God, help us to rake through these words today. Help us to, 
Help us to be those who have a heart for the good of others. If there's some selfishness in our life, dear Lord, if there's uh, some desire to seek things for our own profit, God, I pray that you would reveal that to us today, and I pray that we would lay those things down, dear Lord. I pray that you would point us to Jesus today, that we follow his example, and what he did, dear Lord, is the ultimate example for what it means to give everything for others. I thank you for these words, and I pray that you hide me behind the cross, and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, what Paul is talking about here, we'll kind of talk about one of the things that the passage is talking about just to kind of understand the context for a second. Uh, But we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on it because we've talked about it in great detail in weeks past. But uh, what Paul is talking about here in the context of this passage is he's talking about food offered to idols and either eating that food or not eating that food because it may cause somebody else who has a weak conscience to stumble. It may be a stumbling block for them. That is, they think that it's wrong to eat food offered to idols even though it may not be. And Paul, trying to win people to Christ, knows that if if he's eating food that they think is wrong, even if it is not, he says, look, I'm going to give up my freedom because I'm going to do whatever it takes for them to listen to me. And Paul knew that if he ate certain things that some people may not listen to him. It wasn't that food was anything. It wasn't that there was really a problem with the food. It was just just food. But the, the deeper problem was dealing with the weak consciences of the other people. Now, we've talked about that in great detail in chapter 8 and even in the verses before this last week we talked about that in some detail if you want to go back and kind of uh, learn a little more about that you can find that sermon online it's called an instant change in progress that was from a few weeks ago so that's kind of the context Paul is just continuing on what he's what he's talked about for the last few chapters that we've looked at now it's also important for us to remember that that we kind of have, have drugged this out right we're we're kind of breaking down everything so we can really get everything in God word. But when Paul would have written this, this would have just simply been a letter that he had written to the people of Corinth. So he would have written this letter out to encourage them, to point out the things that they were doing wrong, to try to correct them, and they would have received this letter and someone, uh, maybe a priest or maybe uh, another disciple of Jesus Christ or whoever it may have been that would have gotten the letter would have read through it and would have shared this with the other people of Corinth. Very likely it would have been passed around so that different people could have heard it, or at the very least, maybe an assembly would have been called. Uh, But whatever way that it took place, the people of Corinth would have gotten this message. And so even though we've kind of drug it out over a few weeks for them, when they're reading through, they would have kind of read all this stuff at one time. And so all of these uh, things that Paul is teaching on about the eating of, of, of food offered to idols would have would have kind of all gone together. But we kind of break it down so that we can get all the good out of God's Word because it is so rich and, and you just want to kind of we'll kind of savor it. Don't want to miss anything. It's like when you eat. Have you ever ate anything really good and you just and you just put it in your mouth and you just you just chew it slow because it is just so good. That happens to me every time I eat something Michelle makes. I just, I just want, to, want to get all the good flavor out of it because it's, it's delicious. And that's what God's Word is to us. It, it's so deep. It's so nutritious. It's so rich. It's so good for us. But Paul's talking about idols, but there's a couple of things here that he kind of bookends, I'll say, this passage with. And that's in verse 24 and in verse 33. Now let's read verse 33 again, or 23 again here, excuse me. Everything is permissible, but not everything is helpful. Everything is permissible, but not everything builds up. 
Now, this is a statement that Paul had made earlier that we had saw in the book of 1 Corinthians. He's saying, look, there are some things that you have freedom to do. There are some things that are not wrong for you to do, but just because it's not wrong for you to do it doesn't mean that it's going to be for the good of the kingdom of God that you do it. There may be some things you do that even though you have the freedom to do may not build up God's kingdom, but may tear it down. Now, that's important for us to realize, too. And Paul has has gone over this in great detail. There are some things maybe that we give up because by doing them, we're not building up the kingdom of God, but rather we are tearing it down. And Paul is reminding the people of this. He had said this statement earlier, and he is reminding uh, reminding them of it now. Perhaps it was an issue of pride as to why that they were, they were stating this. He is simply repeating something that they said, it would appear, based on this text and the one earlier, that this is something that they had said to him. Everything is permissible. That is, we're in Christ, we can do everything we want. But what Paul had pointed out is they were doing a lot of things that were far beyond what God would have desired for them to do. And they were kind of walking the line. They were trying to say, we're followers of God, but we're also going to do these other things too. And in the verses before that we looked at last week, what Paul said was, when you partake in these things you shouldn't partake in, you are worshiping demons. You are involved with demons. And he said, look, you are to be one with Christ. You are to have a relationship with Christ and with demons. And Paul says, that's what you're doing. Anytime you do these things that are not of God, do these things that you're not supposed to be doing, you can't just pretend like it's no big deal because Paul said it is a big deal. And so he's correcting their train of thought here. Look, just because you can do something doesn't always mean that you should. And you better make sure that what you're doing, you're not just trying to justify it and it's wrong to start with. And then he says in verse 23, or excuse me, 24, No one should seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Now that's good stuff right there. He says that here in verse 24, and then he says it again at the close in verse 33. Let's read it again, because this is good stuff for us. No one should seek his own good, but the good of the other person. Now just think for a second. If, If our world lived in such a way that our main focus and concern was for the person sitting next to us, was for the person that we are going to experience when we leave this place, the people we'll experience this week and this month and this year. What if our main focus, our main main desire was for the good of other people? This world would be a much better place if that was was true of of everybody all over the world. Because let's be honest, as human beings, we, we really want our needs to be met. We want what we want. And sometimes, sometimes we can allow what we want and what our needs uh, are to, to overshadow the needs of others. That is, once we, once we have everything we need and desire, we kind of forget about other people. We don't care about other people. We don't care about their needs. And so we need to be careful that we don't do that. Even as Christians, there is, there is always that temptation to do that. Uh, but, but we need to make sure that we don't all ever fall into that trap. And that's what had happened with the Corinthian people, is they weren't concerned about the people that they were trying to reach. They were more concerned about their own lives and how things were going for them, and things were going pretty good for them. Therefore, they had kind of lost track of what their mission was and what God had called them to, and they weren't being effective for reaching lost souls. 
Now that's all Paul was concerned about. We see that in verse 33. All of these things he's preaching, all of these things he's teaching, all of these things that he is doing is so that the lost may be saved. But the people of Corinth had, had apparently gotten off track because they were, they, were, they were involved in sins they shouldn't have been involved in. They were doing things that were not building up the kingdom of God but were tearing down the kingdom of God. And Paul is telling the people here, look, let me recenter your focus. Let me remind you what's important. And that is what is good for other people. Now, we don't have to look very far in Scripture to see the ultimate example of that. We don't have to look far in Scripture to see that that is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. What better example is there than, 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 than doing something for the good of others that is going to bring you harm than Jesus Christ? He gave his life on a cross. He was, he was nailed to a cross. He was beaten. He was mocked. He wore a crown of thorns. Boy, I'm telling you what. And he died on a cross for us so that we may be forgiven. He took a lot of punishment for the good of us. He sat back and took it for our good. That's the best example that there has ever been in this world and ever will be of someone doing whatever it took for the good of others, for the good of you and I. And, and, and if we're able to do what Paul is calling us to here in this text, if we're really able to, to say, all right, God, help me to be able to put others first and to put myself after other people, to put their needs before mine, if we really pray and ask God to help us to do that and we can really get that and we really just love other people, I believe it could change the world. It could change the world. I don't believe it could. I believe it would change the world. But what we see in our world today is, is everybody wants to be on top. Everybody wants to be the most powerful. Everybody wants to be the one calling the shots. Everybody wants to be first. But the Bible says those who are first in this world will be last in the world to come. But those who are last in this world will be first in the world to come. That's a good question that we need to ask ourselves. Are we, are we striving to be first to be the best at what we can be, uh, what we're doing, so that we can get a lot of recognition and be looked at as the best in this world? Because that's a bad track to go on. And boy, the devil, I think he tempts us with that. I think that's a very real temptation that we have to battle and we have to fight because there's that temptation to want recognition, to want to be looked at as the best among all the people that you may encounter to make a name for ourselves. But Jesus says just the opposite. Jesus says, look, don't make a name for yourself in this world. We're to be making a name for Jesus Christ in this world. We're to be making a name for the kingdom of God in this world. And, and so be it. Whatever happens to us happens. But whatever happens to us shouldn't be our main concern. It should be to make sure that Jesus is lifted up and that we are humbly lowered. But see, in our human minds, in our world today, that's not what we do. We, we have this temptation to be first. But what if we begin to live by what the words of Paul were here? And we begin to live by what Jesus commanded us to. And we begin to let other people be first. Whether it's something as simple as, 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 as letting them go first in the front of the line. We've all been places where we've got to eat a lot of food. Next Sunday night, we're going to be right here eating a lot of food. Boy, something as simple as saying, hey, why don't you go before me? Just something that simple. 
to begin to just put into practice what God's Word said. There's, I don't believe that there's no, that there's no area in which it's too simple or, or any area in which it's too big for us to put others' needs first. Maybe it's just something as simple as that. Say, hey, I'm going to let you go in the front of the line before me. And you never know. You never know those little things that you may do that may have a big impact that may be far-reaching, that may change someone's day for the better, or they may change someone's day for the worse. You see, we, we have choices to make. When things, when things happen in our life and we have a bad day and, 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 and somebody pulls out in front of us or somebody says something to us or does something to us, we have a choice to make. Are we going to respond to that with anger and, and madness and I'm going to get them and I'm going to ride their bumper when they, when they pull out in front of me? I'm going to show them what's what? Well, we're tempted to do that, right? There was a car behind me a few months back. I was coming back for miles. Every time I turned, he turned. Had his lights on bright and I said, oh, I wish he'd pass. And I kept slowing down and slowing down. He would not pass. His lights were on me. He was running on my bumper. I finally slowed down to like 20 miles an hour. I kid you not. And he followed me for my... And finally he passed. And you know what I did? I sped up and got on his bumper and put my lights. No, I didn't do that. But I wanted to do that. Right? I wanted to do that. I wanted to follow him everywhere he went and drive an hour out of my way to go home just to show him what was what. You see, that's what we're tempted to do. Now, I'll admit, I have done that before. At times, I have done stuff I shouldn't, and I get convicted. You shouldn't do that. But, but how we respond to those types of situations may affect other people that we encounter. If somebody pulls out in front of you on the highway and makes you drive crazy, well, you might pull out in, some, in front of somebody else and it ruins their day and it makes them drive crazy. But you know what always, what always makes me feel good is when somebody lets me go. When it's a traffic jam and you can't go and that person's nice and they say, come on out. I think, you know what, that was nice of them. And you know what I do? The next time I see somebody, I said, you know what, that person let me out. I'm going to let this person out. Now, that's, that's, that's a good example of, of just a simple little thing leading to another simple little thing. And it can change people's days if we, if we handle situations in the right way. I'll tell you another story. I won't mention any names in these stories, but just a couple weeks ago, I was out and about, and it was, it was raining, and uh, I was out doing some stuff, and somebody saw that I was out in the rain. You know what they did? They came with an umbrella, and they held it over me so I wouldn't get wet. And that blew my mind. I was thinking, you know what? Like, that's the kind of little stuff that if people in this world would see somebody in need and say, you know what, I might get wet, but I'm going to take an umbrella to somebody that needs it. It, it. I just kind of had to stop in my mind, and I said, you know what, God, that's the way the world should be. We should be willing and able and looking for people that we can help and go out of our way. We don't have to do those things. But just that simple act changed my attitude for the whole day. I wasn't necessarily having a bad attitude, but it, it made me realize how good God's love is. And that's what we as Christians should be doing. Because anytime we do a good little thing like that, we don't know how much impact it may have for the kingdom of God. I'll tell you another little story. I'll, I'll leave these names mentioned. I'm going to tell you how far-reaching one little act can be and how many people that can touch. There was just a few weeks ago that, that I encountered someone and they saw that their neighbor had a tree down that had fallen on, on a car. And they didn't necessarily know this neighbor very well, but they offered to go and take time out of their day to go and cut up the tree in this person's yard. And I said, you know what, when I heard that story, I said, boy, that's, that's good stuff. Well, then somebody else heard that story about what had happened, and they were in the dollar store, and a lady came in who had just had a surgery, and there were no buggies available. 
And that person who had heard about the person who had helped cut the tree out of the, out of the, out of the man's yard said, you know what? Maybe I should do something more nice like that. So they said, I'm, I'm going to take the stuff out of my buggy and I'm going to give it to this woman. So they took the stuff out of their buggy and they gave it to this woman in need. And there was a lady at the register checking out the store and she saw what this person did and she told the cashier, she said, I want to pay for that person's what's in their buggy. Ain't that unbelievable? That all that happened because one person saw a good deed and they said, you know what? I'm going to put the needs of this person in front. And somebody saw that and I'm going to put the needs of that person in front. And who knows? That, that train of, of good deeds may still be going because one person put the needs of somebody else ahead of theirs. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. That's what I believe Paul is calling us to. He's trying to build a good positive community. A community of people that love each other and care about each other. A, a community that's not, that's not worried about sin and, and, and kind of straddling the fence of what they should or shouldn't do. He's saying, look, you guys need to come together as a community, as a church, as a group of believers, and you need to do what's good for the other people. You see, the Corinthian people couldn't be effective in what they were doing. Why? Because they were committing sexual sin. They were involved with worship of idols. They were involved in all these angers and disputes and, and all these things. And they couldn't be effective for the kingdom of God with those negative attributes in their life. And neither can we. If, there, if there's negative things there, if we are, if we are uh, going against people and we're doing it out of a wrong heart and we're going about it uh, with a heart of rivalry and conceit, then we're not going to be effective for the kingdom of God. But when we see other people in need, even if it's going to inconvenience us and we say, you know what, I'm going to do whatever it takes to love on that person. I'm going to hold the umbrella for them. I'm going to cut the tree out of the yard. I'm going to give them my buggy. Those simple things don't seem like a whole lot, but the world's looking. The world's looking. The world sees. And when they see us do things like that as Christians, they say, you know what, there's something different about him. There's something different about her. And that gives us the opportunity to love on people and tell them about Jesus. Because when they see how we live, when they see that love overflowing through our acts of kindness, they'll listen to what we have to say. They will. If they see us driving like a fool and cutting people off and flipping them off and brightening our lights at them, do you think that that's an attractive quality that people want to hear what we have to say? Absolutely not. But love is the most attractive quality there is. And what greater love is there than a man would give his life for his friends? And that's what Jesus did for us. Let me read you a few scriptures this morning, then I'll let you go. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. If you want to flip there, you can. I'm going to just kind of read through these quick, so if you want to make a mental note or jot them down, you can. Uh, but if you can turn fast enough, please please do. Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 and 21. Now, this is Paul talking to the people of Philippi, and he's talking about sending them Timothy. Uh, now, Timothy was a... a, a a apprentice, a disciple, I guess you could say maybe of, of Paul. That is, Paul would, would, was teaching uh, Timothy all that he had learned about Jesus Christ and preparing him to go out and, and minister to other people. Verse 19, Now I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon so that I may be encouraged when I hear news about you. For I have no one else like-minded who will genuinely care about your interest. 
All seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Now, this was not just a problem in Corinth. We see that it was a problem uh, that, that Paul encountered uh, everywhere he went. He covered a lot of ground, and he said, Look, I am pleased to send, to send Timothy to you because he's going to be a good teacher. He's going to be a good leader to you. And one thing that Paul points out, he says, Look, Timothy is not concerned with his own needs like so many others. His interest is not just merely on himself, but his interest is with you guys. Here we see a good example of somebody living this out. Here we see a good example of Timothy, who is one that Paul has hand-chosen and said, look, here's one who is going to put your needs ahead of his needs. And so we see this lived out in the life of Timothy. John chapter 15, verse 12. John chapter 15, verse 12. These are the words of Jesus speaking to us here. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has greater love than this, that someone would lay down his life for his friends. Boy, Jesus spells it out for us right there. He spells out for us what true love is, and that is meeting the needs of other people and even going so far as to giving our life for the needs of other people. Jesus is not telling us something to do that, that, that we say, boy, that's too hard, I can't do that. Jesus is telling us something to do that He has already done. He's not just putting the burden on us. He has taken the burden. He has fulfilled that. Praise the Lord. Isn't that great that He has fulfilled that? That He did just what that Scripture said? That He had enough love for you and I that He would give His life for us? That's what Paul is calling the Corinthians to. That's what Paul is calling us to. That's what God's Word is calling us to. To have that same love for other people. To see other people in need and say, Look, God, I want to be there to encourage them. To, to, to take care of them. To provide for them in whatever ways that I can. So that I can love on those people and do what is good for them. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8. Philippians 2, 1 through 8. This is a good, good, good set of verses right here. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal. Well, that's a good reminder for us there. Focusing on one goal. Paul says, look, do everything. Just do it out of love. Do it for Jesus. Don't forget the goal in which we all come together as a church. Don't forget the goal which all Christians should be working toward. And it should be toward leading lost souls to Jesus Christ. This is good right here. If you don't hear anything else, listen to this right here. Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Now that is a powerful few words right there. Do nothing out of rivalry and conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Isn't that human nature that we want to do stuff out of rivalry when somebody does something to us? We want to one-up them. We want to show them up. We just want to, we're not motivated to do anything for any other reason. We just want to show them. But, but Paul would say here, look, don't ever do anything out of rivalry or conceit. Don't do it just because you want to show somebody. He's saying do it in humility. Do it out of love for others. 
Consider the needs of others is more important than your own. That's hard to do, right? Because we definitely want our needs to be met. We want food to eat and a shelter to live in. And Paul says, look, you're to consider the needs of others as just important as yours. That's good stuff. Verse 4. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Again, that's good stuff. He's just repeating. It's the same type of thing that we have seen him talk about in 1 Corinthians. He's repeating this in multiple uh, different occasions throughout the New Testament. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Because our attitudes as human beings is, is to look out for our own needs. And if, if, if other people are taken care of, so be it. If they're not, they should have worked harder. It's their own fault. They should have done this, that, and the other. And a lot of times, maybe our attitudes are not what they should be. So how do we get to where we should be? How do we make our attitude what it needs to be? Well, Paul tells us in verse 5. He says, Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, thinking on the likeness, excuse me, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had come as a man in his external form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. That's good stuff right there. Paul says if you want to put the needs of others first like you should, he says take on the attitude of Jesus Christ. And then he goes on to tell us what is the attitude of Jesus Christ. He says, look, Jesus Christ came as a human being. He was God in the flesh, and he had all power. Jesus could have done anything he wanted to. He could have come and, and rained hailstones out of heaven and killed everybody that day who wanted to nail him to the cross, but that was not the <coughs> attitude of Christ. He came with humility. He came with, with, with full power, but he showed full restraint. And that's what Paul's calling us to. Paul's calling us to look to this. He says, look to Jesus Christ. He had the ability to, 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 to speak out in his situation. He had the ability to make his situation better. But he said, Jesus didn't. Because he knew that wasn't for the good of all the people around him. It wasn't for the good of you and I. What was for the good for you and I was for Jesus to stand there, or hang there, I should say, on that cross and take it. And Paul says that needs to be our attitude. When we're tempted to lash out at somebody, let's not have that attitude, but let's have the attitude of Christ as to where we want to put the needs of others before our own needs. One more scripture. Philippians, or excuse me, Romans chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Romans 15, 1 through 5. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength and not to please ourselves. Now that's good stuff right there. Uh, those of us who are strong, that is those who are Christians, those who have seen the light, those who have experienced Jesus Christ, we have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those who don't know any better. There's a lot of people in the world that don't know any better because they've never come to Jesus Christ. They've never heard the truth of the gospel. They don't know the love that is in this book. But we do. 
And Paul would say here, look, that we who know better, who are strong in the Lord, we need to bear the weaknesses of those weaker ones and not please ourselves. Verse 2, each one of us must please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even the Messiah did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the Scriptures. Now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement allow you to live in harmony with one another according to the command of Christ Jesus. That's good stuff right there. Paul writes these words, I believe, because he knows it's going to be tough. He says, now may the God who gives endurance and encouragement. Why does he say those words? I believe he says those words because he knows it's tough. <laughs> he knows we have to have endurance. He knows we need encouragement because in, our human, in our, our human minds, we sometimes want to do what is not good for the other people. We want to get back at the other people. But he says, may God be with you and give you the endurance and the courage, encouragement you need to live this out, to put the needs of others first, to allow you to live in harmony with one another. Again, Paul knows that it's not easy to live in harmony. Paul knows that it's difficult because sometimes uh, this person says this or does this to you or this person says this or does that or you do that or this person. And so many times, anytime, especially you get a large group together, sometimes it's hard to remain in harmony. But Paul says, look, keep your focus on the Lord. Keep seeking Him that He will give you the endurance to put the needs of others first so that you can live in harmony with one another. And the question that we need to ask ourselves today is, is are we doing what Paul has commanded in 1 Corinthians and, and all of these other verses that we looked at today? Are we putting our needs first? Or are we putting the needs of others first? Do you realize that there was a man, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who came and he put your needs first? He died on a cross so that you could be forgiven. He shed his blood. He was buried and he was raised again so that he could conquer death and conquer sins so that you could be forgiven. What greater love is that? And maybe you've never realized that before, that Jesus gave his life for you. Maybe you never realized what it means for somebody to, to give everything for somebody else. That's what Jesus did for you. Maybe you're in here today and you're a Christian and maybe God has convicted you and helped you realize, you know what, there are some areas where there is some things that you could have done or can do or should have done for other people. And maybe the Holy Spirit's convicting you of that. Maybe God's uh, helping you to see that today so that he can lead you to do that right thing so that we can, we can see in our hearts what we're not doing right. So that we can see in our heart if we're more worried about ourselves or we're more worried about others. And let us listen to Paul's words. Let us put the needs of others before our own. Let us consider the needs of others as more important than our own. That's what Jesus Christ did for us, and that's what we are called to do for Him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to You this morning, and I thank You for these good words, and I pray that You help us to live them out. God, it's tough, so I pray that You help us just to take a deep breath when people come against us or, or get us frustrated. And help us not to repay evil with evil, dear Lord, but to repay evil with good. God, help us to be those who are Part of, part of spreading your kingdom, dear Lord. Doing good for other people is contagious. God, so help us to do that one good thing for somebody else that may change their day.
that they may do that one thing for somebody else that may change their day, God, that it can go and go and go so that the love of Christ can be experienced through what we do, dear Lord. And God, help us not to just be about good acts, but help us to be able to tell people that the reason we do good, God, is not for our recognition. It's not, not to win your favor, dear Lord, but so that people can see the love of Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for forgiving your son to die on a cross for us. And so, God, I pray that you help us just to look at our own lives and hearts today and whatever we have there that shouldn't be there, that we would give it to you, come to you, and seek forgiveness. God, maybe there's one here today that has never accepted what Jesus did on their behalf. God, I pray that they would come today and that they would make Jesus their Lord and Savior, that they would ask for forgiveness of their sins, and, God, that they would accept that sacrifice of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen.